Hello and welcome to Cannabis Grand Rounds, a production by physicians with advanced degrees in cannabis medicine. Your hosts, Dr. Lee Van Oker, Dr. Les Matthews, and Dr. Hal Altman, will offer unbiased medical cannabis education for healthcare providers and the motivated public. Our content is selected with the objective to fully explore cannabis as science and medicine and pledges to reflect current cannabis knowledge with no hidden agenda nor sponsorships. Hello and welcome back to Cannabis Grand Rounds. I'm your host, Dr. Hal Altman. Joining me today is Dr. Chad Johnson, who is the co-director of the University of Maryland School of Pharmacy's Masters of Science in Medical Cannabis Science and Therapeutics program. In our last podcast, Chad was kind enough to review oral preps of cannabinoids and the, the formulation challenges that they present to the prescribing practitioner. We've invited him back to uh, talk a little bit more about uh, some of the oral preps and maybe get into the transmembrane and transdermal challenges that the cannabinoids uh, present to us. So welcome back, Chad. Hey, Hal. Thanks again for having me. Appreciate it. So the last time we talked about the challenges of the oral formulations and the difference between the pharmacokinetics of inhalation versus uh, the oral preps, there's been a lot of discussion and uh, you know hope that the transmembrane route might afford us something that's between inhalation and oral intake. And I wonder if we could spend just a little bit of time talking about the transmembrane, specifically transbuccal and the sublingual roots, and how they differ, at least theoretically, from the oral route. Sure. So, yeah, tr- transmucosal delivery is is pretty interesting. So, I think we only have one current formulation on the market that is transmucosal, and that is Sativex. Um, or nabiximols, which is only which is not used in the U.S. It's only approved, only approved in the EU. So we're still, you know, it's still an active area of research. But first, we need to define transmucosal in general. Which and the definition of it, it's you know, this is where a drug goes through a mucous membrane. And in general, we talk about buccal and sublingual, where buccal is relating to the inner lining of your cheek. Uh, so in this area on both sides of the mouth, as within the other membrane, you know, there's a thin layer of epithelial cells there that are readily permeable. And we can exploit this uh, with different formulations. You might be wondering, well, how does a drug get through, get through that epithelium? You know, how do we even make a drug go through there? Well, there's a couple different pathways that we rely on, and that is paracellular and transcellular pathways. Paracellular is referring to when the drug does not go through any of the cells, but rather the drug passes through tight junctions between individual epithelial cells. So no cell patches, no cell passage. In the transcellular pathway, drugs can go through multiple routes, but transcellular by definition means it goes through the cell. So we have multiple layers of epithelial tissue in our mouths, and the drug traverses through each of those epithelial layers 
either through the cell or through the tight junctions. And for the most part, when we talk about either buccal or sublingual, we really have a combination of both of those pathways. Administration, at least theoretically, bypasses the first pass metabolism issues that we discussed the last time and gets it into the very rich uh, vascular network that we have in our mouths. The PK differences then theoretically between the transmembrane preps and the oral preps? Uh, I'm glad you used the word theoretically. Theoretically, yes, they are meant to bypass first pass metabolism. But there's a little bit of a complicating factor and it probably seems obvious, but we have saliva. And the issue with saliva is that some of it inevitably will get washed down the esophagus, will get washed down the throat into the stomach and go through first pass metabolism. And it's very hard to prevent that. We can design formulations with, say you formulate it with a mucoadhesive agent to ensure prolonged contact of the drug formulation to the buccal surface. That's a, a great way to potentially overcome it, but you can't, you can never completely overcome it. You can also include penetration enhancers to get it through to facilitate the paracellular and transcellular transport and to uh, allow for disintegration or destabilization of those tight junctions. So you can try to account for it, but inevitably the PK tends to resemble a mixture of inhalation plus oral. So you do get some bypassing of first-pass metabolism, but you also get some first-pass metabolism as well. So it's not, uh, it's not, a, not a perfect formulation by any means. But theoretically, it provides effect earlier than a pure oral agent and would probably last a little bit longer than an inhalation formulation. Is that accurate? That's correct. You get the best of both worlds. Um, so you have a, a little bit little bit faster onset, uh, but also a little bit, a little bit longer duration. The, the real challenge uh, with this prep, if I understand it, is penetration, getting it through the cell or around the cell. Are there any new technologies that are available that show promise in, in trying to help us get more reliable absorption? Yeah, uh, so there's there's a plenty of uh, there's a active area research in you know drug formulation, especially when it comes to transmucosal. Uh, why? Because this would this route would you know would likely ensure high patient compliance, and it's a uh, it's easy to administer. Uh, and so, so a couple things a couple things that are continue constantly being researched here. One, you know, we're constantly looking at is there better are there better penetration enhancers to use that are less irritating, that better open up those junctions for drug delivery? Um, are there, you know, is there a particular emulsion or nano emulsion uh, that can be used to better facilitate this? And this sort of technology is being also used in the beverage industry to make cannabinoid infused beverages. Um, and so this is where you, you take a cannabinoid, you add some sort of surfactant to to solubilize it, you add a carrier oil, typically something high in saturated fat, and you essentially add high energy sonication to generate nano emulsions. If you just 
gently stir it, you can form microemulsions. And in this particular case, if you imagine this, I know we're on a podcast, but try to imagine the cannabinoid is locked in the center of this micelle or of this emulsion with the hydrophobic tails of the surfactant facing inwards towards the cannabinoid and the hydrophilic tails facing out uh, in the water or aqueous environment. Um, so there's uh, there's some very interesting research going on with this that uh, that appears to show some promise in increasing the bioavailability, uh, but we have yet to be we have yet to see this apply to anything in the clinic at the moment. Are these products the nanoemulsification products? Are they meant to be transmembrane or oral or both? They appear to be. A, it seems to me to, that they can be a mixture of both. So with oral, you would still expect the first pass metabolism. However, with transmucosal, the big difference, you know, the nanoemulsions currently, and I want to emphasize this on the on the podcast, is that the nanoemulsions are mainly being looked at for beverages at the moment. Um, just because beverages in general, as with any cannabinoid, you get very, very low bioavailability. Um, with transmucosal, we haven't seen those incorporated in there yet because we a, a typical format for a transmucosal formulation involves the penetration enhancer typically something you know like a ph modifier to ensure no irritation and then enzyme inhibitors and then a muco adhesive agent uh, so that it's st- so it sticks to the uh, inside of the cheek longer uh, tinctures uh, now tinctures on the other hand this potentially could be incorporated in since that's going that's going under the tongue, and it's typically an ethanolic formulation, um, with which ethanol itself is a permeation enhancer. Um, so we might we might see that in the future for for tinctures that may allow for better bioavailability and better diffusion through that epithelial route. But as of right now, tinctures are still largely ethanolic mixtures. From a PK standpoint, the onset of action and the duration of action uh, for the transmembrane products. Once again, you're going to see a little bit of a confound. You're going to see a little bit of confounding factors in there because you'll see some that resembles first pass metabolism because some will still get swallowed, and whether it's an nanoemulsion or not, if it gets swallowed, you'll still see some of those metabolites, and you may see a longer duration of action. However. The part that does get absorbed in the epithelial cells, either via transcellular or paracellular methods, you you will see a rapid CMAX. So you get a blend of both inhalation and oral. Yeah, the point being, we've discussed in prior podcasts the whole concept of layering based upon uh, the onset of action and duration. And so for those patients that clinically need something that's rapid onset but maybe doesn't last as long. Inhalation has been recommended for the more chronic pain, chronic symptoms, the oral, and uh, at least theoretically, this product, the transmembrane product, would sort of be in between those two, just in terms of uh, the providers uh, thinking about those considerations. Absolutely, and I think it's I think it's great to have that option uh, as a provider that you can give that to a patient because some for some patients uh, inhalation is not feasible and uh, and they prefer something that can be taken taken via the mouth uh, since it, that naturally is easier to do and it has a high patient compliance. So I think it's good to have it in the toolbox. 
And then finally, transdermal preps uh, are being used for a, a variety of things, probably most commonly arthritic pain and chronic pain. Can you talk a little bit about those preps and the considerations? Glad to. I think a lot of a lot of times folks can they mis, misuse the words. I, not necessarily that we are here, but I think transdermal versus topical. And it's important to clarify those two, um, especially if patients are shopping in a dispensary or picking up one of these products, say in Whole Foods or wherever it may be, that's CBD dominant. Um, so transdermal is delivering through the skin. The skin is the largest organ in the body. And it's made up of multiple different layers, uh, such as the epidermis, the dermis, the hypodermis, going from the outermost down to the deepest layers of the skin. The epidermis is the most challenging layer to penetrate because it's a strong, very well put together layer of differentiated keratinocytes. And these cells are very hard to penetrate without any sort of permeation enhancer. Not to mention you still have to go through multiple other layers until you reach the dermis, which is where the cannabinoid receptors are. So within the dermis, that's what we're really trying to target if we're making a transdermal formulation. If we're making a topical medication, like a cream, an ointment, liquid lotion, gels, sprays, foams, powders, patches, you know, just think of the lotion that you maybe put on your skin on a daily basis. That's a topical medication that does not penetrate down to the dermis and hence would not, would not theoretically be effective at the cannabinoid receptors because we do, it, has not had, it has not yet been shown that we have any, any high densities of cannabinoid receptors in the upper layer of the epidermis, but rather in the dermis. So it's important that patients understand that uh, because I think a lot of potentially there's some marketing issues going on currently with some of these topical and transdermal formulations. The, particularly the CBD products. Yes, sir. Exactly. Right. What are the formulation considerations then for uh, the transdermal products? So I think, uh, I think probably the most, the most important thing to consider if somebody's going to be marketing a transdermal or a topical product or if someone's going to be purchasing it, you know, there needs to be adequate studies done. Uh, before you can claim something is transdermal. Uh, does it actually get into the dermis? If it doesn't, then it does not reach systemic circulation. Uh, so that's the big difference between the two. Transdermal can reach systemic circulation. Topical does not. And so that's, uh, that's one of the things that you, that you would have to consider. Now, in terms of bioavailability, historically, Research has shown that transdermal drug delivery for cannabinoids is very poor. Uh, there's been very little success with transdermal drug delivery. Now, there's technologies that are being explored, uh, such as using microneedles, uh, microneedles and patches um, that potentially could assist with that drug delivery. But as of right now, there is no, to my knowledge, successful clinical application of a transdermal drug delivery for cannabinoids. 
Topical, however, there's a plenty of things out on the market, plenty of lotions, creams that claim to relieve pain. And once again, I would, I would argue until I see some scientific evidence, the mechanism of how those are really working, since they are not reaching into the dermis and binding to the cannabinoid receptors or the TRIP-V ion channels, which, is all, which have also been shown to mediate pain. I would be a little, I'd be curious as to see what mechanism of action those topical products appear to be working through uh, because they're not getting into where the receptors, where the receptors are. So in terms of PK, since this is ultimately what the podcast is about here, um, transdermal theoretically would bypass first pass metabolism. Um, It should not, it should not go through the liver. And so provided that you could get enough cannabinoids to be delivered into systemic circulation, which like I mentioned before, hasn't been as successful as we would hope, you would see a very high bioavailability. Um, Topical, however, you would see zero bioavailability. Topical does not reach systemic circulation. Excellent. That's a wonderful overview, and and we really appreciate you uh, weighing in on this. As a parting shot, Uh, We sit here in late 2022. We all understand the remarkable promise that cannabis and the cannabinoids have in in terms of uh, medical application. What's coming down the pike in terms of new technology or new approaches that potentially make cannabis a more approachable medication? Yeah, so a couple couple things come to mind. And I think the first I, I, I briefly mentioned it uh, briefly mentioned it earlier when we talk about uh, when we talk about those cannabis-based beverages. Uh, there's already some out, uh, but I think you'll start seeing more of them uh, as nano as nano emulsion and nanotechnology gets better. Um, and so I I think I'll be I'll be very curious to see uh, what formulations they're able to come up with to infuse cannabinoids into beverages uh, because that would be a a very, a very easy way to administer, uh, to administer them if it if it's feasible. Um, I think you might also see in the future some pro drug design uh, for cannabinoids. And for those on the podcast that aren't familiar with pro drugs, these are where you take the original molecule and you essentially attach something onto it. For canna- in cannabis case in cannabis THC CBD you know they have such low bioavailability but there's been some examples of pro drugs that have been used you know tacking amino acids on there for example to make them more water soluble um, and maybe that might be a way to overcome some of these solubility barriers then when they get inside the body you know you have deaminases enzymes in your body that cleave that amid bond and, re- and would release the parent drug uh, so this is interesting. Uh, that might play some potential roles for intraocular administration, um, but uh, you know I think it's I think it's yet to be seen. Um, and the final thing I would argue is that we might we're definitely going to see some more work. I don't think work is done yet on transdermal delivery applications, and I think that I think the microneedling. I think will continue to be an active area of research for transdermal delivery, especially for folks dealing with uh, with arthritis and neuropathic pain, since that's a big uh, a big money maker within the U.S. Yeah, I, I think we've talked before about this, but um, the industry has to come up with more uh, predictable 
absorption and PK. That's all exciting stuff. Progress is never uh, as fast as we want it to be, but certainly our, our hats are off to you and everybody else at the University of Maryland School of Pharmacy for your efforts at education and advocacy. Thank you, Chad. And that's it for this episode of Cannabis Grand Rounds. Thank you so much. All information, material, and content on this podcast is for general informational and educational purposes only and is not intended as a substitute for professional and or medical advice, diagnosis, and or treatment by a qualified physician or healthcare provider. No doctor-patient relationship is formed. The use of this information and any materials linked to this podcast is at the user's own risk. Cannabis Grand Rounds LLC does not offer personal health or medical advice. If you have a medical emergency, call your doctor or call 911 immediately.